Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast, where we remember a time when stacks of cards were held together with rubber bands and Mickey Mantles were put in bike spokes. We hope you will enjoy and reminisce as you come along with us as we tell stories about the baseball cards from the Golden Age of Baseball. We will examine the state of the vintage baseball card market and talk to some of the greatest collectors in the hobby. You won't be hearing us talk about any chrome or shiny cards here. Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, here's your host, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, Mike Moynihan. Yo, and hello everybody, Mike here. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that sounded really funny. Um, man, this week we're, we're going to just talk and I'm going to talk. It is a solo episode today and it's because I have a few things I want to talk about, about kind of where I think the hobby is, where I think the hobby is going around, centered around the vintage world. Uh, so you're not necessarily going to agree with everything that I say today, and that's all right. Uh, good conversation is is healthy. So if you have something you want to say or you, you disagree with a point, I'd love to hear it. If you're watching on YouTube down below, obviously leave a comment. If you're listening on podcast only, you can direct message me about this topic or any topic for that matter on my Instagram, which is Baseball Collector Mike. So I'd, I'd love to hear from you. And I get lots of great feedback, comments, encouragement, et cetera, via both of those platforms. So I, I really do appreciate it when people do that. So the first thing I want to say, though, is, you know, I'm, I'm getting close to episode 100. You know, I think this is episode 83, 84, something like that. And I, I feel like I've covered a lot in the two years or so. It's been almost exactly two years that I've been doing this podcast. And, you know, I I wonder if any topics need to be revisited. I wonder if refreshers on certain topics might need to be revisited. I think about this a lot in terms of how I want the show to go. I have great guests all the time. Uh, last week was Dave Berg doing 49 Leaf, Dr. Beckett, uh, other great collectors in the hobby, friends in the hobby, Peter Steinberg from SGC. I mean, I, I try to get a myriad of guests to provide their perspective because nobody has a monopoly on great ideas. And the more I can bring to the table for you guys, hopefully the, the richer you feel like the show is. And to that end, I'd encourage you, I'd, I'm actually asking if you have any idea of people you would like to see on the show, future guests that you would like to have on the show um, future topics that you would like me to discuss. And lately I've gotten a few of those, but I'm trying to collect this list almost like a, uh, I don't know, a get list or a, a talking point list. And then I can kind of start lining them up in an order that kind of makes some sense. But your feedback is, is not only requested, but is, I, I like it. <laughs> um, I look forward to it. So Please, you know, if you come up with an idea or you think of something that you'd love to cover, one of them that was brought up that I should cover is pre-war. And the reality is, 
that that's probably going to be a tough nut to crack for me. Um, I don't really feel like that's the lane of this show. People want me to cover other sports. They want me to cover cover pre-war. And look, man, I'm I'm a I'm a good to great disciple. Find find what you do well and do it. Now it can be debated whether or not I do this well, but I, I definitely have a lane of kind of 48 to 80, and that's that's the lane I'm going to stick in, and that's what I'm going to talk about, and I'm going to talk about baseball because that's what I know and that's what I'm comfortable with. So I get it if you're thinking, well, he should stretch himself and try to do other things. It's not that I'm not interested in other things. That's just for other shows. That's not for this show. Uh, you come to this show, hopefully to hear about that era of, of baseball cards and, and learn something and hear topics and things like that. So try to keep it within that lane. If you can, I'm not opposed to, if, if I get this overwhelming, you need to do, these other genres or these other eras, then, then I'll consider it. But uh, I feel like this show is, it's got a sweet spot and, and I'm trying to stay within it. Okay. Um, so all this has gotten me started. You know, I talked to Dr. Beckett a couple of weeks ago about the state of the hobby and, and the real state of what, what he thought. And this is a guy with, you know, decades of experience industry knowledge, insider knowledge in the hobby. I mean, owned Beckett for crying out loud. He is Beckett. So I thought, man, there are different facets of the hobby that we, we talked in very, you know, 30,000 foot view level. And there are a whole lot of, of deep dives in different parts of the hobby that you can go down. And one of them that recently hit me because of some auctions that I've been winning on some vintage cards that made me think, you know, I think prices are starting to normalize a little bit. And that's a, I've, I've had a hard time coming up with the right word. I don't know if it's stabilize or normalize or some other eyes. I don't know. But I don't think the vintage market is cratering. In fact, I would argue vintage is as popular as it's ever been. I see more and more and more people interested in vintage and wanting to collect vintage than I've ever seen before. So I don't think it's a popularity issue. I think it's a more overall hobby issue. And that's a good thing for guys that, that are accumulating cards. Not so great if you're a seller of cards, but if you're wanting to acquire vintage cards, things are starting to get a little bit less um, expensive for you. And that's, to me, that's a good thing. Uh, it, is it good for the overall hobby? I don't know. I think money drives some popularity, but I think there's this gravitation towards vintage that's happening overall that I think is very healthy for the long-term health of the hobby. I think prices fluctuating up and down dramatically is not good for the long-term health of the hobby because it either um, makes you overly optimistic or overly pessimistic. It it it's, makes you swing to one extreme or the other. I'd rather be on the smooth sailing ship of vintage, which is typically what it is. And there were cards during the, the hype that were just insanely priced. I mean, there's no question. And I actually did an entire video about this because I bought a bunch of cards like I think have more normalized, kind of come back to earth a little bit. I'm going to put the link. I'm not going to go into that today. That's not what I'm talking about today, ironically. Um, 
I did an entire video about it over on my other channel, Baseball Collector. If you are listening on podcast only, it's only on YouTube, so you might have to go do that if you want to go hear it. Uh, I will put a link to that here in the YouTube notes, and I will put that in the podcast notes, uh, the show notes, so you can click on it and go watch it if you want to hear what I think about what prices are doing. But another segment, a sub-segment beyond prices is grading. And I think what we're seeing in grading is very, very interesting. And it, and it leads to a lot of questions that I want to kind of throw out there as open-ended questions. I'll give you what my thoughts are about it. And you can obviously have your own thoughts, which I would, again, love to hear down below. But I kind of went through and I made this little grading grid of like, okay, all the major companies, let's, let's say, I'm going to say that there's six. You could argue that till you're blue in the face. And I could actually see very reasonable arguments for why you might only say there's one or two or three. But I'm going to talk about six because what I'm going to show with these six is the what I consider to be a normalization of grading, almost a commoditization of grading. So you've got PSA, of course, 300 pound gorilla, uh, or is it 600 pound gorilla? It does. It's a big gorilla. They're the big gorilla. You got SGC, of course, CSG, BGS, or BVG if you're vintage. Then HGA is, you know, love them or hate them, or most people hate them or, or just don't care about them. Uh, they're still a player. And then you have newcomer tag. <laughs> and I'm going to bring tag up because I think it's interesting uh, that they are now in the market. And coming into this, what I consider to be a congested market. And to me, it's always like, well, how are you going to differentiate yourself? if you're coming into the grading space to try to take market share from these other behemoth companies. Um, CSG has done it reasonably successfully, but they also had, you know, a huge amount of uh, kind of experience in the grading world of collectibles, not necessarily sports cards, but they have this system in place to do that. Um, HGA, their differentiator was their flip quite frankly, they, you know, and they were a hybrid grading approach, part machine, part man, you know, they're the terminator of the, of the grading world where they would, you know, use technology to do some of it. And then human element to do some of it, i.e. hybrid grading, but their flip is really cool. Like, I think it's really cool. Uh, regardless of, everything else like you think what's your that that's a differentiator whether you like it or not and then tag it differentiator is it's all automated grading you know and but what we've seen now is this again kind of compression fee compression uh we've seen cost of grading kind of come back to where everything's at least similar at least they're in the same ballpark and so I'm going to talk about mainly uh, bulk when I'm talking about submissions is bulk. And there are so many of you guys out there that are new to the hobby. And you only know grading prices at what feels like expensive levels. Well, let me tell you, there was a time not too long ago when I used to send cards in to PSA 
bulk granted they were bulk submissions which is usually in that time was usually 50 cards so i'd gather up cards and save them up and then i'd send in a bulk submission eight dollars a card and that way you didn't have to be a collector's club member you didn't have to pay any certain blah 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 that was just like a quarterly special that they might have from time to time eight dollars a card which sounds today like oh my gosh if i could grade for eight dollars a card that'd be great and that's part of the problem, I think, because it is at least expensive enough where you have to think about it. You can't just send in every card that you would want that uh, you're seeing a lot of the vintage stuff just not get graded because it just doesn't make any sense at these higher levels. But I think we're starting to see that normalize. I think we're starting to see that compression happening. So PSA right now in a bulk uh submission which oh by the way to do bulk you do have to be a you know collector's club member which is 99 dollars a year so take that into consideration um and i can't remember what their bulk card number i want to say it's 25 so i'm guessing on that but you've got 30 dollars bulk cost you'll get those cards back in 90 to 120 days uh, and here's where I'm going with all this. When you hear me say all these prices, you're going to find that they're all relatively similar. And then I had, I do have a point with that. So 30 bucks bulk cost with PSA, their regular economy is still $50. I think that's heading southward as well in terms of cost. I think it's going to get cheaper. And that's a 40 to 45 to 90 day turnaround. And then you've got SGC who is, $30 for a 20 to 25 day turnaround, but they're really getting cards back significantly faster from everything that I hear from people that submit to SGC, but they're at a flat $30. So PSA bulk is 30. SGC is 30. CSG for just your standard service is $25. That's a 10 day turnaround. Their bulk is uh, $15. So they're really cheap on a bulk basis, which is only 25 cards. And that's a 20-day turnaround. So that's still not taking very long to get those back. Uh, BGS, $50 kind of standard, 20 to 30 days, and $35 bulk, 30 to 60-day turnaround on that. HGA is $25 for 60 days. TAG is $24 is their standard. Bulk is 21 to get a little bit of a break to do bulk with. So we're talking really, other than the BGS at 50, PSA at 50 for economy, if you're doing bulk or doing lots of cards, you're talking 20 to 30 bucks a card. Now, granted, if you're doing thousands of cards, $10 matters if it's 20 versus 30, no question. Um, even if you're doing 20 cards, it matters. If it's $10, that's 200 more dollars that you would have to spend on grading. But you guys can start seeing, hopefully, if you if you heard those numbers the way I, I interpret those numbers, everything's kind of coming to be the same. It's becoming a commoditization of grading. So then if you if you're going, okay, everything's reasonably similar in terms of cost, turnaround, some are faster, right? Some are a little bit slower. But again, I think all of that's going to continue to compress and become more similar, then you have to ask yourself a few questions. If I want to grade my vintage cards is first thing is, what are you grading? 
like, are you grading vintage? Are you grading modern, ultra modern, whatever? So that's kind of, you, you kind of start filtering. Okay. Am I doing this, this, or this? What makes the most sense? Well, if you're doing vintage, um, and you want, and your, and your goal is to, because the second question is, what do you grade? First question, what do you grade? Second question is, why do you grade? So, okay, I'm grading vintage. Well, why am I grading vintage? It's for my PC. You know, I'm, I'm sticking it in the dark abyss of my collection. That's one reason to grade. The other is I'm going to hold on to it for some time, enjoy it, whatever, but I'm not opposed to selling it. So that means you're kind of in the middle. And then you're the, the pure flipper guy, investor. The, I'm just, I'm going to grade this to add value to the card in order to uh, receive some type of profit by selling that card. So that's kind of the, the why do you grade? And you can't take away um, from that, from the what do you grade and why do you grade? Because I think about how I would answer those questions. What do I grade? I grade basically 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s cards. Okay. Vintage cards. What do you grade? That's what I grade. Why do I grade? Well, I grade for a number of reasons. I grade because I like the protection. I grade because I want to have some semblance of what someone's opinion of what the condition of the card is. And I want everything to look the same. So I want consistency in the look of the card after it's been graded. And I like set, I like checklisting things, i.e. set registries. I like the, the pseudo competition that that creates. Um, so that's why I grade. And so those questions, how you answer those questions will lean you one way or another. And so the, the greatest thing you can ask yourself, I think, is if I said all things being equal, if all of them cost the same, let's just, again, I know they don't, but hypothetically, if every grading company costs the same, if every grading company took the same amount of time to get you your cards back, who would you use? Because now you can't differentiate with price. You can differentiate now with price. Hey, I'm going to use SGC because I get my cards back quicker and it's $30 versus an economy at PSA at 50. I don't have enough cards to do bulk at 30 and I don't want to wait forever. Okay. That's a reason to use SGC over PSA. Um, if you, man, I'm, I'm really just cost conscious. I'm going to use CSG because man, $15 for 25 cards, you know, bulk submission. That's a, that, that's a lot of money for me. And, and that matters. Um, so you have to think again, that, that comes back to the, why do you grade? If it's, I'm only grading for my collection, who cares when you get it back? We, we, we all like our cards back quicker rather than longer. But at the same time, if it's going to live in the dark hole, it can be out six months. I don't, you know, I don't need it back tomorrow. I'm not trying to turn that into a profit. So I don't, then time frame for me personally, for me becomes an irrelevant point. Again, I'd like them back faster, but I'm not, that's not a deciding factor for me. Uh, and if I, so if I can do, 
SGC 30 in 20 to 25 days or PSA 30, 90 to 120 days. If those things are other than the days, the cost is equal on bulk for PSA. I'm doing PSA. Plus PSA has the set registry. <laughs> Again, I keep coming back to that. I talk about this all the time and it seems like the dumbest reason in the world to only use one company or prefer one company. I have SGC slabs, not many of them, but I have a few. Um, and it's not even that I don't like the company, but you could also say customer service is a huge differentiator. Um, I don't know. I, if your cards go out and they come back and they're graded, if they're not, maybe there's it's altered evidence of trimming, minimum size required. You're getting some feedback on as to why they didn't hold it to the card. Um, you know, that kind of just is what it is. I don't need to call somebody and bitch because it's not going to matter anyway, even if I do. Uh, you can't really do that with any of the companies and complain. I mean, I guess you, you could call SGC, but they, and they may take another look at it, but it's kind of like you trust them to make it to see you're giving them your money. You, you guys make the call. Is it real or not? Is it trimmed or not? Is it, what grade is it? Oh, I disagree. Well, you, okay. You can crack it and resubmit it, but uh, that's just this, these, you have to think about given the, the compression of things, things are going to only get more equal. And so you have to think about these extraneous things that matter to you as to why you might get them graded. I haven't even touched on secondary market price, which in most cases, especially let's say you've got Mickey Mantles. You should send those to PSA all day long uh, because they're going to sell for more. If your goal is to resell them, then you, you should send those to PSA because there is no question. The evidence is very true that PSA mantles sell for more. Will that change over time? Maybe. But right now, that's just the truth. Um, there are people that love the tucks, that love the look of vintage in an SGC holder. Great. You might use SGC for that reason and that reason alone, or you might prefer SGC for that reason. And there are some people that have Frankenstein collections, meaning they'll have a bunch of SGC slabs, PSA slabs, VGS, SGC, HGA, whoever. Nothing wrong with that either. You know, be a Dr. Frankenstein. That is awesome. You know, if, if that's not something that is a, is a factor for you and in, in which card you buy. You're like, Hey, I, I don't care what slab it is. I just want the, the cheapest one and a nice example. Great. Go for it. Um, I'm just one of those guys that likes everything to be as like as it can. Again, <laughs> I actually like, if you were to say, what flip do you like the most? I'm going to say HGA. Like, which card would I want my cards in? If I could have all my cards in one flip, it would be HGA, which, again, might sound crazy to some of you. But HGA doesn't have set registries. HGA is so new that there's just, I can't find the cards that I want out in the secondary market um, in their slabs. And so, and I don't know that they have a lot of longevity in this in this hobby. In fact, I think it's hard for any company, TAG, HGA, you name it, to break into this market, you are just asking for a beating because PSA has such a strength. And if you inc include PSA and SGC, you, you've got a significant <laughs> hurdle to climb 
to take start taking market share from those guys. So you either have to be really quick, really, really low cost. Um, and then people might use you. And But again, these other companies have such a huge lead in terms of time in the market. Uh, very difficult for them. So again, if you're asking yourself all these things being equal, if, if price was equal, if time was equal, what, what else would be differentiators? You, again, you might love the touch. You might love the flip of a PSA. You might like the slab. CSG undoubtedly has the nicest plastic and acrylic that they use for their holders. No question. It's gorgeous. It's like glass. It's beautiful. But, you, you know, you're like, okay, do I want to go down the CSG rabbit hole? I think CSG certainly has some longevity in the in the hobby. I think they have a great pedigree in grading uh, from comics and coins. And so that's going to carry over, I think, to allow them to just continue to be a player in the grading space. And I love their new flip, actually. Uh, so to me, they've they're doing some things right to start building some momentum in the grading space. Uh, and they have beautiful holders. So if, if the holder matters to you and that's a differentiator, use, use CSG, you know, um, again, there's just so many things. It's more than just, you know, one thing or another, you can't just go, well, this is the reason there's usually of those things, cost, time, customer service, aesthetic look of what they do, the accuracy of the grading. I mean, touched on that. You know, who's the most accurately grading, who's most accurately grading vintage cards? Probably CSG. I'm sorry, not CSG. SGC uh, would be who, if you said I gave the same card to three companies, where am I going to get the most accurate grade? I would choose SGC if that's what I cared about. Um, so, wow. As you're thinking through this process, I I, I can just tell as I'm, as I'm talking through it, how overwhelming it is. It's not just a simple decision. It's not just, well, I'm going to do this and, and do that. There, there's so many variables in this process of, of grading, but the overall state of grading, I think is there's grading is here to stay. Grading is something that I think only becomes more popular. And I think it, again, normalizes and, and consolidates fee compression more and more and more. We're going to see PSA prices come down. We'll probably see SGC prices come down even. Um, I think we could see kind of normal grading costs being $15 to $20 a card across all the companies within six months. It wouldn't shock me at all because you're going to start, again, PSA is getting through their backlog. SGC is keeping up really well with what they're getting in. In fact, I think they probably have a little bit of excess capacity that they want to utilize. And so the way you get more cards in is you lower price. Because that's usually, if you were to say, what's the one thing that matters kind of to everybody and it's cost? Like it matters to all of us. None of us like to spend more than we have to on grading cards. But so they might have, they if they reduce their cost to 20 bucks, they're going to get more cards in and they'll be, fulfilling their capacity that they have the current ability to do. So, man, I hope this has given you some things to think about, some things to consider as you're going through the, the grading 
world and, and sifting through the grading soup that's out there and all the different, the alphabet soup of grading companies, all the three letter acronyms. Maybe somebody will do one and make a company that's not just that. But um, in terms of, you know, learning and, and I hope you guys just found, found this to be helpful. So thank you to everybody for watching this week. Again, don't forget, you know, let me know what you think, you know, what's your preferred grading company and why I would love to hear it. Uh, because I think we've all got our different reasons and I think they're all valid in certain circumstances. Like I think you can make a case of why you would use every one of those grading companies and why it would make sense for you. It doesn't mean it has to make sense for everyone. It just means, Hey, this is what works for me. This is why. And I'd love to hear that down below. Send me a message on Instagram, baseball collector, Mike would love to hear from you. Thanks everybody for listening this week, watching this week. We'll talk to you soon. And Hey, no matter what grading company you use, keep